for Sunday morning. Sorry, guys. I trust that everyone is prepared, those of you here in the sanctuary, as well as those of you joining us online, all ready for a good Sunday service. And uh, the worship, remember, the worship is designed to get us prepared and to receive the Word of God. So those of you that are not here today, those of you at home, uh, just get yourself ready, prepared, and, and dressed as always in this church, as church as a home, and get the family ready, put together, and uh, expect God to do a real good work in our lives. God is good, isn't he? It's such a beautiful day, and a beautiful day to be in church, and a beautiful day to worship God, and give him thanks, and then to receive the word of God. We still want to remember those that are not here and are sick, not only in, in Canada, but around the world. Those who have uh, challenges and problems and sicknesses, we want to remember that prayer. And it's good to see Sister Singh back with us this morning. And I ask her how she's feeling. It's a real question. She says, I'm feeling good. And so I said, my prayer was answered. And it's good to see her in our congregation here today. So why don't we all join together? In prayer and ask the Lord to give us a real good service today. Let's all pray. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies and your love. Thank you, Lord, that we can gather together as a congregation. To listen to your words, so Father, to worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask that you remember those that are not well. Father, those that have problems in their life, face challenges. We pray, Lord, that you'll intervene on their behalf. Those that are weak, we pray that you'll be their strength. Oh, God, encourage every one of your people, wherever they may be, Father. We pray, Father, that you'll bless our service today, bless our pastor, anoint him with the Holy Spirit, God. Let his words find root in our hearts. Oh, God, bring about a change in our lives. Help us to make the change, Father. It is so difficult on our own, but we need you to help us to make the necessary change in our lives, Father, that we can be in your kingdom. Asking in Jesus' most precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord.
I started out life as a young man, uh, when I say life, I mean going to school and having some ambition. I wanted to be a preacher when I was a young man. About eight, 12 years old, I accepted the Lord as my Savior, and then I felt I want to be a preacher. And for me to do that, the customary thing in Guyana is for a young man to grow up in a family, uh, to get a job, help his parents. That's the customary, customary uh, thing, the traditional way to go. So I wanted to help my parents uh, get a job and help my parents and men finish high school and see if I can qualify as a pupil teacher. Then get a job and help my parents for approximately two years. And then go full time to where I don't even know. I was going to go full time. Uh, I, I joined the uh, full, gospel, uh, full gospel group of full time workers and uh, see how I can get into the ministry. I felt that calling on me. God helped me. I had ambition. And ambition is good, but the reality of what you're striving for must never be overlooked. And so ambition was good, but working towards a goal took a lot of sacrifices. As a young man, today, I don't like sports. Why? Simply because I never had time to concentrate on sports. And so when I was in, in high school, I decided to go to a school that if you had 90% in your subjects, you would skip a grade. I skipped two grades. And so I finally ended up, and uh, before I wrote my GCE exams, in a class where everybody was taller than me, uh, they were older than me, Brother Terry there, he knows what I'm talking about, where you skip two grades. He taught me how to study. Uh, I asked him, I said, how do I study? He said, spend all night studying. And so he taught me how not to sleep a lot, uh, but to study. And so the sacrifices I made as a young man was because I had a goal in mind. You see, I want to be able to work and help my parents and then go into the ministry. So it meant giving up playing with the kids in the afternoon when school was done. It meant getting up early in the morning before uh, the cock would even crow once to get up there with my mind fresh and start to study. I know what it is to study with a kerosene lamp until the oil burns out and you have to fill it again and study again. And today I have not regretted one moment of my childhood that I grew up in. The sacrifices I made at that time paid off today. Yes, sir. But I want when I come to the end of my race that I can say like the Apostle Paul, I'm not Paul, but like the Apostle Paul I can say is I've, I've, um, I'm not ready to be offered. Today, no. Uh, there are still some little bugs in the system. Uh, that is my spiritual system that must be worked out. And so today, I have not yet reached to that place where I can say I have apprehended that which the Lord has apprehended me for. But I'm forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. 
I'm pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The messages I preach are very current and sometimes I go back to some traditional messages, but most of the time I'm dealing with situations that pertain to what we are doing. And when I think of the goal and I think of what I'm striving for, and uh, this is a natural article, and it has, it has um, powerful life lessons from the eagle. Now the reason why I went to this is because last night when Brother Sam was talking, I thought of this scripture in Acts the 6th chapter, and you have your Bibles, turn with me. In Acts the 6th chapter, when I saw uh, this element of the early church, and uh, Paul, uh, Peter and James and John and some of these men that were a part of that early church, uh, they found themselves busy, the apostles found themselves busy serving tables, doing chores that would rob them of their ministry. I do a lot of chores that should rob me of my ministry, but unlike Peter and James and John and some of those men, I don't allow my chores to rob me of my ministry. As yet, I'm not ready to die, but if it becomes necessary, when God is ready, I'm ready to go. Until then, I must take chances, I must do things. Brother Sam mentioned a scripture last night, and I appreciate Brother John and Brother Sam uh, preaching the word of God from this pulpit. Today I was almost tempted to say, those who have two shots, double doses of the vaccine, take your mask off. I almost said that, but then I'd be violating the health principles that the government has laid down. I, <clears throat> I don't follow the government, I just follow certain things that the beast uh, does that can give me a ride on the beast until I accomplish my spiritual goals. We're living in a society that's well protected. I'm so glad that we have police officers manning the, uh, managing the highways and the society we're living in. Crime is on an increase and it will be worse. We need good law enforcement. And so while there are sections of the beast that's good and protective, we render to Caesar that which belongs to Caesar. And we render to God that which belongs to God. When Caesar wants that which belonged to God, Caesar will get into trouble with dedicated children of God. And as the early church was moving on and trying to advance their development in God, and Peter and James and John, they said, you know what? We're serving tables. We need to appoint some men to do this job. And back there, the Holy Ghost was a real element in the early church. It was not a fake. It was not an emotional thrill. And I look at the, at the service, and I watch the service all the time, and I look at what's happening. When we enter into worship, it's not for you to feel good and get a goose bump. Imagine a great king is stands sitting in front of you. Watch your conduct in the worship. You're not in Mardi Gras. You're before the presence of a great king. And it is important 
that we not only follow the Lord today, but it is necessary for our to, us to go back and find out where our leaders got they, what they have passed on to us, where they got it from. If you were living in the days of Isaiah chapter 1, the Jewish people were very dedicated. They went to church, they had big, uh, large offerings, they were very faithful, they never missed a, a meeting, a ceremonial meeting. But when Isaiah came, he says, you people laden with iniquity. Iniquity is developing habits and practices in the church that's not approved by God. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquity. Sin in your life is already an obstacle that must be gotten rid of. But so must every work of iniquity. And if we were living in Isaiah's time and he says all oh, the Jews are wonderful here and this time let's follow them. We would have all been branded as workers of iniquity. Yes, sir. Same applies in the days of Jeremiah. Same apply in every dispensation. So we might have sincere people that were leaders of the past. Sincere, but sincerely wrong. And we would not want to include ourselves with the Gentiles that would come up in the resurrection and say, surely our fathers have inherited lies. We want to make sure that we rid ourselves of anything that's a part of iniquity and not approved by God. Are you listening to me? We want to ask God to cleanse our lives. So today, we have a goal. When I was young, I had a goal. Did I accomplish it? Yes. I started teaching when I was a little over 16. Pupil teacher. When I was a little over 18, I quit. And went full time into the ministry. Uh, did I get a salary? No. My first church that I pastored in Port Morant. Uh, the sisters that were in charge of that group, the sisters in charge, uh, they met together and had about three hours discussion to give me about $35 a month. I'm not coming from a rich background. We were poor. I'm still poor. But we have got some wonderful heritage that we can look back to. We were able to experience demonic activity to the maximum. I'm standing here today. I don't need Bob Mumford or somebody else or uh, out there to tell me about demons. In our day, there's Brother Terry, there's Brother Sam, there's Brother Sinbad, there's Pam, there's people of my past. I remember Chandra, he went with me, we just got married. And we had, uh, we went up to, on our motorcycle, I put her in the back of my motorcycle, and we went up to a night meeting. And when the meeting was done, uh, we were there, and a girl came up, pretty girl came up. You remember that time? This pretty girl came up. I just married this girl and took her into the, the ministry, and that's what she's going to embrace. And this girl says, Pastor, could you please pray for me? Brother Desmond, she said, could you please pray for me? I got something that's bothering me. As soon as I touched her, she fell over. And her, uh, her friend, brother-in-law, somebody who was with her, says she does this all the time. So I said, well, he's not slain in the spirit. It's his demons. And I got on my knee. Chandra is there. 
And I started to pray with this girl. I said, sit up. And the same person that looked like completely blacked out sat up. And then as she closed her eyes, I said, now open your eyes and look at me. And she opened her eyes, but she would not look. I said, look at me. And then she looked. I said, what's your name? In those days, we talked to the devil. I said, what's your name? And then with a heavy male voice, she said, my name is Ben. And that spirit had possessed a man whose name was Ben, killed him in an accident, followed her husband home, and possessed the wife. It was, you're dealing with demons. You're not dealing with a tissue and spitting inside. You're dealing with the real thing. I remember one case. I was a young man, not even married at that time. Went into a house to pray with someone. And this lady had asked me to pray with her. She, she was married to a Hindu man. And uh, when I went in, she alone was there. Her brother was with me. And we were there and ready to pray with her. And I reached out. I said, now, come on, come on, look at me. We were not ready to pray yet. We were just about. And she would not look. She's putting her eyes down. Demons don't like men of God. And the demon would look, the lady looked down, so I got up, because I'm the mighty power of God, right? That day I was fasting and praying, so I feel I'm the mighty power of God. That day I got a chill in my spine that I'll never forget. And I walked over to this woman and I said, in the name of Jesus, and when I said that, her whole face changed to the image of a Hindu God they called Hanuman. A monkey face. Sister Joyce. Right in front of me, the whole face turned over to a monkey face. And I, if the demon knew how, what I felt, there was a chill that ran down my spine because I never before encountered that. Now it's either I cast the devil out or the devil cast me out. God spared me that day. And her husband came in the same time. And he said, Brother Desmond, that's God. That's Delta. He says, you can't cast that out. And I turned to him and she calmed down. She was back to normal. I said, I tell you what. You bring her to church on Sunday. And I will let your Delta tell you it's a demon. He says, sure well. A truck killed her on the Saturday. And these are challenges I faced in life. I'm looking back. And it's not a novice in office that's standing before you. We have gone through hell. We had stones cast on us when we preached the gospel. And today I'm standing here because I plan to share with you a simple goal. And that is called the life of an eagle. But before I do that, the early church here in Acts chapter 6. When they wanted men... To serve tables, share food to the widows. Here was what the early church demanded. And in chapter 6, uh, Peter said, verse 3, he says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, seven honest men, men of honest report. Now they're going to share bread. They're going to be giving food to the widows. Their job was not to preach. They started out sharing bread to the widows. Here is the qualifications. 
It says men of honest report. Can be a crook. Has to be a person that's honest. Can be a con man. Has to be a person that's honest. He says full of a jibber jabber. No. <clears throat> Back there you had the Holy Ghost was more genuine than what we have today. Today we don't know. You preach any doctrine and you can speak in tongues. But there is a genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost and it existed there 2,000 years ago. Full of the Holy Ghost. But they're only sharing bread. Yes. Can you imagine the qualifications of a preacher? And full of the Holy Ghost, <clears throat> it says, and wisdom whom we may appoint over this matter. Back there, they needed that. And among these men, in verse 5, and the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and they named seven men here. Why I thought of talking to you today is that we have individuals here today that we need the Holy Ghost in our lives more than ever. I pray every day, Lord, I need more of your spirit in my life, the real thing. If you fabricated your experience, you don't have the real thing. If somebody told you what to say when you were seeking for the Holy Ghost and you said it, you don't have the real thing. If you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will lead you into holiness. For us to accomplish what we want, sacrifices must be made. And so today, as we look at this little lesson concerning an eagle, I want to tell you something. The Bible demands that we be able to walk blameless and harmless in this world. Let's look at some scriptures here quickly before I get on this eagle little eagle subject here. And Philippians uh, the second chapter and verse 15. Uh, Paul talks earlier in that chapter. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, when I wanted to become a school teacher, I needed sacrifices made. If you want to become an accountant, and we've got one at the back. But Evander, you're still an accountant? You had to make sacrifices. To get, are you just... Goof off. Sacrifices had to be accomplished to become an accountant. Our brother, who else uh, has to had to make sacrifices here? We have Brother Hammond in the back. He's got a job. He's a manager. He had to make sacrifices to blend here. Every accomplishment, physical accomplishment, educational accomplishment, job accomplishment, sacrifices had to be made. I want to tell you the greatest goal you can ever have or you can ever pursue is to be in the bride of Christ. If you got to sacrifice to become a school teacher and you got to sacrifice to become an accountant and you got to sacrifice to become a lawyer or a financial advisor, I wonder what is demanded of you to be in the bride of Christ. And the devil has dulled 
our zeal and enthusiasm and understanding that we think we can come sing some choruses and Jesus come tomorrow and we'll be the bride of Christ. Not really. If you plan to be in the coming kingdom, you got to be prepared to deny yourself. What do you mean deny myself? It means that a lot of things you'll have to sacrifice. When your body tells you that you don't need to go to church today because it's cold, you've got to learn to deny yourself. When an ungodly family is coming to your house and he says, okay, I'll skip church a few days, you've got to learn, you want to be in the bride of Christ, you've got to learn to deny yourself. Listen to me, children of God, today. It's not a joke to be in the bride of Christ. A man like Paul took 35 to 40 years before he could say, I'm now ready to be offered. Jesus, Paul said, husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself. A glorious church not having spot nor wrinkle. It's not a teaching job. It's not a professional activity out there. And that is why it's important for us to understand this little basic lesson I'm about to give you today concerning the eagle. Over in Isaiah chapter, uh, have you in Philippians chapter 2 verse 15, Paul says that you may be blameless. And harmless. The sons of God. Without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom you've got to shine as lights. To be in the bride of Christ. And to be in the kingdom. Demands a sacrifice. If that's what you're pursuing. Then a job must be worked in your life. And God must help you to reach that place of accomplishment. Over in Isaiah the 40th chapter. And this was a scripture that uh, excited me. And it aroused uh, my, my curiosity. In Isaiah chapter 40. And God has always used the word eagle. As a good example. Hold your finger in Isaiah chapter 40. And turn with me to Psalms. Uh, 103 and uh, psalmist uh, David is writing this and psalmist David says bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits bless the Lord last night I felt like we needed to sing uh, when upon life's billows your tempest toss when you are discouraged thinking all is lost count your blessings yes. you see we want to accomplish a kingdom life without the sacrifices that the word of God demands. Not going to happen. This lesson today is to encourage every one of you suffering. Including myself. Suffer on. If God is taking you through a process, suffer on. If the fire gets hot, suffer on. And the psalmist went on here in verse 4, who would deem it his, uh, thy life, and from destruction, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, 
together, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Keep that in mind. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. The eagle is one of the most amazing bird, birds that I have ever read about. It's the one that flies the highest than any other bird there is. His wingspan is necessary to take him up. But what is it about the eagle that we need to understand? Over in Exodus, the uh, chapter 19, uh, the Lord Moses is writing here in verse 4. He says, you have seen what I did, God said. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. The eagle has always been described as a powerful bird that God has used to describe a relationship with his people. And here in Isaiah chapter 40, it says in verse Verse 31, what it takes to put us in the kingdom of God, sacrifices must be made. Don't be a whiner. W-H-Y-N-E? How do you spell it? W-H-I-N-E? To whine, to, to complain, to groan. How are you feeling today? Uh, I don't know. Well, it is good for you to complain. Job complained while God was working on his, in his life. If you're having pain, you have pain. So, I have to be patient with you. Because one day, I might have the pain and you might have to be patient with me. But God has a method of saving his people from our old fallen nature. And Jesus, remember, he died for our sins and our iniquities. God must cleanse us from our sins and deliver us from all practices that are contrary to what his word demands. In spite of where it's coming from. And here in Isaiah 31, uh, 40 and 31 it says, But they that wait upon the Lord. Wait for what? For God to finish the job. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Scripture we read in Psalms. Your youth will be restored like the eagles. Let's think about it. Think about it for a moment. It says, They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And when they do that, they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk. And not faint. When we try to understand, and now I'm going over to this little thing I've got here about the eagle. This little article gives you seven outstanding characteristics of this bird that's a mighty bird of prey. And it says, number one is an eagle flies alone or with their own kind. An eagle would never join a bunch of other birds and fly. Eagle likes to hang out with its own. The life lesson that you can learn from an eagle 
is that you can't associate you with, you, with yourself with everyone out there in the street. You've got to learn who you, who you should associate with. Not everyone will share your vision and your dream. Find people who will like, who like, who think like you and can both dream and grow together with you as you work towards the goal that you have set before you. Our goal today is to be in the kingdom of God. These are they that were not defiled with women. In their mouth is found no guile. They are without fault before the throne of God. What is saying? I'm going to be the bride. That's because you don't have a revelation to the message I preach. If you understand what it takes to be the bride of Christ, you will examine where you're coming from and how much have you improved. You might not have reached the end yet, but you said, man, I'm not what I used to be. God is really saving me. It says, number two, eagles have excellent vision. An eagle can be miles high up and it sees the prey. And it has excellent vision, almost like with laser precision, this article says. Do the same with your goal. Don't lose focus on wanting to be in the kingdom of God. Remember what Jesus said and don't forget it. Deny yourself. There's no way self can be satisfied and you accomplish your spiritual goals. You can't let whatever is out here that would hinder your relationship with God be an obstacle. If you understand how important this goal is to achieve, man, you would pray more than you ever did before. If you're sitting here today and you did not even pray for the day, you need to be saved. I'm not saying that jokingly. You need to be saved because you'll never understand what I'm preaching here today. And the reason why the Bible uses these terms, I'm trying to find out why did the Lord says he would restore his thy youth like the eagle. And it goes on here, it says the eagle has excellent vision laser, with laser precision. Do the same with your goals. Don't give it up. Focus. And an eagle will be a mile high and see that prey and it swoops down. Now here is the third thing. An eagle does not eat dead meat. Hello, Moto. Now this might not be a pleasant thing I'm about to say. But if I'm standing before you and I'm giving you past old meat with no new revelation and no new energy and no present truth, it is dead meat. If I got my messages from a book, it is dead meat. To mount up with the wings of an eagle, these are things that we must understand about the eagle. The most amazing is still to come. An eagle feeds only on that which is living. Do the same with your goals set out to achieve. It uh, goes on here, it keeps 
keep things current, we would prefer to say with church words, feed on present truth. Feed on meat in due season. I can come here like a professor and so well today we will start a series of lessons on sovereignty. I will prefer not to do that. I will prefer to tell you we'll start a series on sin that's existing in our lives that we need to get rid of. And you wouldn't find a lecture. And so it is important for us to understand that an eagle, that's number three, does not eat dead meat. Number four, believe it or not, but an eagle loves storms. When there's a storm, First of all, he flies up right up to the highest part he can find, a place where he can build his nest. The eagle's nest is not easy to reach because it's high up. And when there's a storm, it is said concerning the eagle, he likes to fly out in the storms because it gives him his wings strength. And that is why the dog on the street can be picked up by an eagle. You reach, you get a right eagle swooping down. It can carry a little dog away. No problem. And he loves the storms because he welcomes the challenge. They know the storm, strong winds will lift them above the clouds. And above the clouds they can rest their wings and become stronger. Get excited when your storms come along your pathway. Don't run from the storms. Don't try to avoid the Red Sea. Don't try to move the mountains, climb them. You have faith to endure? Take the challenges and endure the faith. And then that, I'm trying to rush this through here because I, you know, I'm not a kind of a person that preaches off a piece of paper. It says, embrace your challenges and learn from them. That's how we learn new skills and grow and get stronger. You don't back away. You have to face these challenges. You don't like fire? Face the fire. You don't like spiders? Face them. Growing up in Guyana, we learned to face the challenges. Oh, I got chased by a snake one time and ran for my life. But in Guyana, when you grow up, you see a snake, you kill it. You never run away from an alligator. When I got, got married, I took this poor lady, no wonder she's not so well, took her sparing alligators. What a man, what a cruel man. I took, had a spear that I made, and I took her, and we went to spare alligators. Sorry that I took you through all that rough time in life. Number five, the eagle always tests the level of commitment before they get engaged. Before a female eagle is going to choose its mate for life, it always takes, check all the suitors, all the other uh, males that are coming around, and it takes time to make that final decision. When major decisions are made in your life, don't rush headlong into them. Ponder, 
analyze, scrutinize. We're studying about the eagle here today. And so, as we go down here, I'd like to get to the most important one. It calls rebirth. Don't give up. When your trial comes, don't give up. Endure. Got an article on the back, it's called Fate to Endure. Don't give up. See the challenges of men who have gone before you. Read Hebrews 11 chapter and sees those who have not yet received the promise but sacrificed themselves. They all obtained a good report. There is no easy way to be an overcomer. It's not a breeze and you do whatever serve God at your convenience. No. If you want to accomplish something, you want to be in the bride of Christ, you want to be in the kingdom of God, my friend, you've got to face the challenges. You've got to face the sacrifice, make the sacrifices that are obstacles in your life. And if ever I understand what the scripture meant when it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as the eagles. That is why today, my friends, as you listen to me, it challenged my life. And it helped me understand that the pains and the agony that I'm going through, it's all because God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And it's not easy. Denial of self and taking up your cross and following the Lord, it's not easy. But when you see the end result, for the recompense of the reward, you face the challenges and you make the sacrifices. So those of you today, and I know, Sister Chami has gone through a lot of trials, but it's her trials. It's not easy. It's not easy to find one battle is over and then another one comes. It's because God never errs in judgment. And I told her, I said, not all sickness is a result of sin. Paul had a thorn, but not because he was a sinner. It was because God was molding Paul's spirit and keeping humility in his life. Let us not forget the goal that is set before us. Let's use the challenges of scripture and understand that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Don't give up. When you're like the eagle turn 40 and just give up and kill yourself. But go up into that little corner and get your strength renewed. My friend, when you're supposed to die and then the Lord is working in your life, don't give up. Be patient unto the end. Wait upon the Lord and he will renew your strength. And I've seen Sister Charmy gone through many, many battles. And I've seen her come through. And then when you see her come through that battle, she is the most important person. She's already telling me all that she has to prepare. She's scarcely able to move. And she says, Dad, I've got to do this. And I've got to do that. And I said, Lady, you need to take it easy. And I think this lesson would offer you, every one of us, the challenge. you got to have it, break it off. You got a, 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 a evil practice in your life? Break it off. Yes. You've got things that's holding you back? Break it off. Yes. 
Because God's always the winner. He never quits until the job is done. And then he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Until we become blameless and harmless, even though we live in a society that's corrupt and evil. May God help us. May God help us. Pray like if everything depends on God and work and sacrifice as if everything depends on you. And it's a good combination to work on. Let us pray. Father, today we thank you. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for scripture that can guide our lives and help us to understand. We thank you for these life lessons, Father, from your word. Your word tells us that you'll renew our youth as the eagle. Lord, today we're trying to understand the, the reality of this scripture. We're trying to understand that if we wait on you, we will mount up with wings as the eagles. That we'll run and not be weary. We'll walk and not faint. Oh God, please, we ask, teach us to wait. We ask in Jesus' wonderful name that this lesson would be a challenge to every one of our lives. Help us to understand, Father, the sacrifices that are needed in order for us to faithfully be your children. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen.